This is LifeLinks with a DL link. 101.9 High FM, that is the station you are tuned to. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights and information and illumination. And all I can say is woohoo, the heat is on. I hope that you are keeping cool. I hope that you are drinking lots and lots of water. I love it. I love the heat. I love that it's December. I love that um, schools are breaking up. Um, this is the festive season. And what do they call it? The silly season, the crazy season. There's lots of buying and shopping and closing shop and doing this and doing that. But isn't it wonderful? You know, it's been a year. We've worked hard. We've done everything we've had to do. We've put everything in place. And here we are. It's December and it's time to just kick back and relax. And even if you've still got a lot to get through, you'll get there. Enjoy every moment. So I'm very excited about today's show. You know, we're going to be talking about fun and fitness and freedom and food and making the right choices. Um, and also we're going to be talking about veganism um, and where that fits in in terms of your health. Um, lots of that. So I'm going to give you the WhatsApp number or the SMS number if you do have any questions for our guests. Um, the SMS number is 34519. 34519 if you'd like to engage and ask questions. So I'm going to start off by introducing our first guest immediately. Um, that's uh, Colleen Joy. She's an MCC Master Certified Coach. And she's the founder of Interlife Skills. Um, and she's also an author. Um, and I know that Colleen teamed up um, with Laura not so long ago. Um, they gave a very interesting talk um, uh, about uh, vibrant health is your birthright. Um, and uh, Laura will be joining us a little bit later. So, Colleen, welcome. Lovely to have you on the show. Thank you so much. How did the talk go? Thank you so much. Can you hear me, Colleen? You're a little bit distorted. Okay. I'm sorry. No, it's not a great line. So I'll just speak a little bit louder or a little bit softer. Um, Colina, I asked you how the talk went. I mean, the talk vibrant health is your birthright. Um, how, how was it received? The talk was wonderful. We were so well received by the audience. And for Laura and I, it meant so much to be able to give something back to to the public. And that's really the reason why we are so passionate about this work, because it's very near and dear to our hearts. We have walked the path for many, many years, and we're very passionate about helping others to break free of ignorance mm. and reclaim their their own power in a way in mm. terms of asking questions in terms of seeking truth and knowledge and uh, so the talk was lovely I mean we were we were delighted and thank you so much for attending well you know Colleen I mean uh, you you speak about ignorance and I think there's a lot out there and then I think that there's also too much information out there um, everyone's saying so many different things and I and I and I love that you you said with the talk I mean what who can you really trust um, and and what information is right and what information isn't right so let's 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 talk about your story personally because you from a young age really you had many health issues yeah, so I, I heard a few things there. I'm sorry, the, every now and then it's very difficult to be able to say. But 
in terms of what is what information is right and what information is is wrong, <laughs> you know, I think the first thing to realize is that most people are doing their best mm-hmm. to give us information, but information is often distorted, unfortunately. And, you know, I think I felt like the wool was literally ripped off my eyes the day that I realized that people with parents, including myself, I used to feed my daughter copious amounts of what I thought was ordinary food. And I didn't realize that food was such a massively important part of health. I thought it was an aspect of health, but I really didn't realize how dramatic the effect of food was. And I, so I used to treat myself and my daughters the way that most South Africans do, which is that some sugar won't kill you and that processed food was okay. And I really believed that whatever they put on a shelf was safe for you. You know, I I believe that if something didn't have a warning label on it, that surely it wouldn't hurt you. Surely there would be some law or somebody out there protecting us from eating things that were not good for us. Mm. So I bought cool drinks. I made a lot of cakes (laughs) for my kids on their birthdays. We ate a lot of macaroni and cheese. We what I consider to be a normal diet. And I thought of being healthy because we threw in some vegetables every now and then. And and so the shocking revelation for me was realizing that an adjustment of diet and taking out processed food completely, eliminating sugar, for my daughter was, I believe, life-saving in terms of her um, kidney function. Um, and in, in my in my own family, I've seen dramatic results with myself reversing early stages of arthritis. I have a cousin who um, was in ICU just a few months ago with an autoimmune disease, and five literally within within about three weeks of changing her diet, she saw she saw a massive improvement, and it's five months later now. And her autoimmune disease is, is is definitely on the back foot and she is living pain-free and has avoided what I believe was really a, a, a downward spiral in her health. So, so yeah, um, what to trust? I think we have to trust questioning and we have to trust that it's okay to question and we have to be willing to experiment. Mm. Okay, so I'm Colleen. We're going to take a quick break um, and then I'm going to bring um, Laura onto the show as well. Um, Laura is a health coach and we're going to expand on what you just said, you know, trust, um, um, ask questions, do research and also find a way of listening to our own bodies, connecting back to the intuition, the the innate wisdom that we have um, that we, you know, we allow the outside world sometimes that volume is a lot louder than the inner intuition. So we're going to get to that. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back this is life links with a dl link 
On 101.9 Chai FM, Colleen Joy is on the line. She's a, a life coach, a, a certified master coach. I'm just talking about her life and waking up to um, the impact that incorrect eating was having on her life. Um, and that she gave a talk with Laura, who has now joined us in the studio. And it's Laura McDermott. Have I cor- correct? Is that correct? Yes, Laura, welcome, welcome. Thank and you. you're a health coach. Yes. What is a health coach? I've heard of a life coach. Yes. You know, you have a personal trainer. Where do you fit in with being a health coach? Fascinating. Well, it's a little bit more focused. So whereas a life coach would focus on many aspects of your life, Mm -hmm. I focus on your health. Specifically on health, right. And my forte is specifically nutrition. So that's where I come in as far as that is concerned. So I will sit with a person, analyze their diet, and try and help with regards to finding the things that are causing them pain or that are precipitating their disease state and try to eliminate that. So where I brought Colleen in as well is that we decided that it's worth more to be able to speak to a larger audience of people. So thank you for this opportunity because speaking one-on-one, you're only reaching a very small amount of people at Mm. that point in time. And there's only so many people that you can see in a day. So we decided that this is the way to do it. And I think you you mentioned something very important before the break, Nikki, about intuition. And this is where I wanted Colleen to come on this journey as well because she's phenomenal with regards to teaching intuition Mm -hmm. because I can have as many scientific facts as possible and I can sit here and I can show you them and I can – walk you through the data, but unless there's something in you that changes, that that fundamental click, you will not make that change. Even though I'm sitting here with supporting documents and, you know, terrible pictures or whatever else to to support my cause, it's not going to change unless you change. Okay, so there's the interesting question. How come for some people, and and, and uh, Colleen, you're there listening, um, and I know it's ho- not a good line, but how come for some people... They can make the change. They say, sugar's not good. I'm going to give up sugar. And for other people, it's so much more difficult. Colleen, what do you say when we you, you, you spoke to intuition? Uh, well, Laura says you deal a lot with intuition, but you spoke about making radical changes in your diet yeah. and, and, and uh, family and friends. So what, what is that? What does that speak to when you well, have some people who can make the changes and others who can't? Yeah, I think, unfortunately, it's desperation. (laughs) (laughs) And these days, I'm trying to follow inspiration instead. So I think many of us are only willing to make the change when we're brought to our knees by pain, by realizing that we've tried everything in the allopathic mainstream and we're still not happy or satisfied. So I think desperation can be a factor. But I'd like the the listeners to perhaps opt for inspiration. Be inspired by the possibilities that there are choices, that there is knowledge. Try not to be overwhelmed by all the different conflicting pieces of information. Have courage. And, and, and I would say with courage... Um, and being and with inspiration, <laughs> you, you're, you're going to make a start. And then my next piece of advice is to take take it one small step at a time. Habits take a time 
to instill and also look for support, look for other like-minded folks and um, so that you don't feel alone. And there are a lot of good books, fortunately, with the internet. There are a lot of good resources out there. And make one small change at a time until you see some kind of improvement. And uh, I think that's the way I've done it, and it works for a lot of people. Hmm. Thanks, Colette. Um, Laura, let me, let me ask you, you talk about the pillars of health. Yes. Um, that you have these fundamental pillars of health. We're all different. Talk to those 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 pillars, please. Okay, Nikki, that's a, a very good point. So uh, there are four pillars throughout my years of practicing that I have come to adopt with regards to uh, a general um, practice. And uh, this will apply to every single person, mm-hmm. regardless of your age or your uh, circumstances. It, it holds true for most people. And the very first pillar of health is gut health. And I think that people underestimate how important the gut is. And when I speak about the gut, I'm not just talking about the bowels. People forget that the digestive system actually starts with the mouth. So we're talking about what goes into your mouth and then what comes out out the other end. So that entire process, it's an incredibly powerful process. It's also the most energy demanding of all the processes that the body has to go through. So your digestion needs a lot of resources. And if you are eating the wrong foods or if you are overeating or if you are um, perhaps just doing the wrong things when it comes to feeding your children, for instance, your energy is going to be depleted. It's going to start creating inflammation in your body. We develop uh, certain uh, conditions. One of them is called leaky gut syndrome, where your body starts developing an allergy to what you're eating and it's a downward spiral from there and as you say Nikki it's different for different people but the the start the the seed of it is the same for every single person okay so number one gut health yes number two so you with gut yeah. health you're looking at what you're eating yeah so, so that how is you're eating it? Correct. Are you eating it consciously? Correct. Are you chewing properly? Correct. Um, are you hydrating? Would that be gut? And then, are you talking about with gut health? Would you be looking at probiotics and that, or does that all come into your gut health? Yes, it does. So basically, the second pillar would be the eating side of it. Okay. So the second pillar is the whole food and the nutritious food, and. People don't realize that what you put in your mouth has such a fundamental impact on everything that goes on. So counting calories, it, it, it's, a, it's a ridiculous notion if all you're putting into your body is rice cakes. Because you've got to think of anything that you put in with regards to what it's doing for your body. Mm. So the nutrition that it's providing you with. So if you're eating an apple, for instance, think about that apple and think about how that is nourishing your body. And that's the conscious eating, Nikki. Right. At the end of the day, it's, it's making yourself conscious and aware of what you're eating. When you grab that packet of chips when you're frustrated or when you're lonely or when you're angry, that is thwarting everything because even though it may, may make you feel good for a, a certain short period of time, it has negative impacts on your body further down the line. And the more we do that, if we're eating 
if we are emotional eaters or if you not eating the, the correct meals, that will have repercussions. Mm-hmm. So I'm all about the, the, the quality of the food that you're eating, the type of food you, that you're eating. And when I talk about whole foods as well, I'm going to refer back to the apple. The apple in its whole state is the most perfectly nutritious food that you can find. But the minute we start removing aspects of that apple, the minute you start taking the peel off, and then you're removing the pips. And then, for instance, if you're now putting it through a liquidizer in order to extract the juice, you are processing that apple. And every single process removes something out of that apple Mm -hmm. until at the end of the day you've got a glass of apple juice that you may think is good for you. But that glass of apple juice, 250 mils of apple juice, contains more sugar than a glass of Coca-Cola. So do you want to put that into your body? Yet when you're eating it as an apple... 100%. 100%. It's, it's a different, you, you, it's, it's processed differently. It's yeah. not all that sugar. Well, it's not as many apples. Well, it, that's the first thing, the quantity. But the second thing is that skin of that apple is very high in something called pectin and your fiber. So you need that in order to slow those sugars, the natural sugars so in brilliant. the apple, mm-hmm. slow the, the absorption of the sugar down. That is why we've got that beautiful apple to be eaten in its whole state. Nature knows. Nature knows. Nature knows. I, as you mentioned the apple and you said, like, what, what is in the apple? It just came to me because I'm very aware and very conscious of thought and thoughts passing through the mind. And I thought, imagine being a conscious, because we talk about being a conscious eater. And I'm sure our listeners are going, well, what do you mean be a conscious eater? I'm hungry. Let me eat. And I wonder if we could start to get into the habit of, you know, you don't want to go into the breakdown of everything you're eating, but like an doesn't an apple have vitamin A? What what is an apple? It has everything. So imagine you holding this apple in your hand and you go, I'm about to feed my body with this and it's going to make me feel this. I mean, that's really, really conscious eating because you can't say the same uh, about if you're eating a chocolate or if you're eating a packet of chips. So I I just think that would be quite a nice thing for our listeners to start to do with, with, in terms of conscious eating is what are you putting in? How is it going to make you feel? I just love that whole story of the apple. Very inspiring. Absolutely. Okay, so that was pillar number two. Yes. Right, three? Pillar number three is the the lifestyle choice that you make as far as eating is concerned. I'm a very big proponent of low-carb eating. And Colleen mentioned earlier on about sugar. And people don't understand that sugar is not just the the white table sugar that you're putting in your tea or your coffee. Uh Sugar is in almost everything, and especially in your carbohydrate foods. So if I refer to, let's say, a piece of bread, that piece of bread is made up predominantly of carbohydrates, and when we eat carbohydrates, they get broken down into sugars. And depending on how that carbohydrate has been processed, some of that um, will be released very quickly, some of it a little bit more slowly. So so let's say your whole grain oats are a lot better as for you as far as carbohydrates are concerned because once again they're very high in fiber and the the release of the 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 natural sugars into your system is slower. But if we're eating something very processed, a carbohydrate that's highly processed, that gets immediately absorbed into your bloodstream and your body starts going into this yo-yo thing with your insulin and your blood sugar. Now, insulin is one of the hormones that is needed to take the excess sugar out of your blood or to take the sugar to where your body needs it. 
But if we overeating sugar, for instance, that stuff goes straight into your fat cells. And this is where the problem is. If you're trying to lose weight, you're going to battle because whilst you on a on a high carb diet, your body doesn't have the chance to reach into the fat stores to grab that fat and to make you lose the weight. So you need to restrict carbohydrates in order to access that fat. So what kind of all carbs or I mean, you're talking about a low carb diet. Correct. So what kind of carbs are you saying you should be eliminating? Okay, so any processed carbohydrates, as I say, your baked goods, your sugar in its sort of raw state. If people are battling with insulin resistance or diabetes, then then most fruit would be off the plate as well. Even though fruit is good for you. If you're insulin resistant, it's going to make it worse. There's certain fruits that are okay, but things like your high sugar fruits, your grapes, your watermelons, all your other melons, oh, your all bananas, the nice all the nice oh, ones. Okay. So <laughs> one's got to. The, this is where the mindfulness and the conscious eating comes in. You've got to know what foods are servicing your body, and where those uh, the, the the foods that aren't doing you any good to actually eliminate them out of your diet. Okay. So that's lifestyle choices and you're looking at promoting a low-carb diet. Correct. So what is number four? Number four, I'm a huge proponent of fasting. And um, when I mention that word, it's often met with big eyes and, and, and huge amounts of, you know, how can you do that? But fasting... I think in the next five years is going to become a lot more mainstream. And by fasting, we're not just talking about fasting from food, but fasting from all the pollution, the noise pollution, the information pollution around us. Hmm. So this is where Colleen also comes in to actually tell people, listen, it's not just about fasting from your food. It's fasting from all of the the, the continual inputs that are sort of, pushed onto the body, we need to take a break, especially in this day and age with everything that's happening. We just seem to go in this constant whirlwind and we never stop. We never stop to actually take a break. Now, as I mentioned to you earlier on, your digestion taking the biggest part of your energy. Imagine if you could go for, let's say, 18 hours without eating. So you're talking about intermittent fasting. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 18 hours. Uh, yeah. 18 hours. If you Fast for 18 hours, where does that energy go that's normally used for digesting? Brain? Absolutely. It goes to everywhere else. So if you're an athlete, for instance, it goes to helping you uh, with your exercise. If you are using your brain, it's definitely going to help fire your brain up. So it has so many other benefits with regards to being able to process things better, more energy, uh, a better clarity of thought, Nikki. Mm. I, you know, I'm a huge proponent of, of, of fasting. I do intermittent fasting probably six days out of seven. Sometimes I will go for a 24-hour fast. Gee whiz. And, but, you know, you do build you drink? Up. Do you drink? Yes, I, I do drink herbal teas and lots and lots of water. And, um, you know, so, so obviously without your sugar or anything like that, but those are allowed. But it's just fasting is shown to regenerate cells to get rid of your old sort of damaged cells because a lot of us carry this old damaged stuff with us. And in order to reboot your system, to get those new neurotransmitters firing and all of those good things going, we need to 
sweep out the old and bring in the new. <laughs> Fantastic. I love that. So the, an intermittent fasting, and we can do a whole show on the intermittent fasting, um, but we've run out of time. Um, but thank you, Laura, for that. So the, 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 the pillars are, number one, gut health. Number two, whole food and nutritious food, being very aware and conscious. Um, lifestyle choice, low carb is three and four, fasting. Um, uh, fascinating. Thank you. Thank you so much, Laura. It's been thank great you. having you. And Thanks, and hopefully just getting um, our audience to start to become aware of the choices, what they're eating, how they're eating, how many carbs are they eating, and, and looking at the fasting as well. Fabulous, uh, Laura. Thank you very much for joining Thanks, us Vicky. on the show. It's been really, really great. And, Colleen, thank you so much for joining us. Wonderful thank having you, you on so the much. show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. That's Colleen Joy um, and uh, Laura McDermott, um, a health coach, and hopefully you got a whole lot of information out of that. We're going to take a very quick break. After that, Dr. Paul Palmer is going to be joining us. Um, he is a registered uh, chiropractor, but he's also going to be talking about veganism um, and looking at your diet, plant-based nutrition. And let's just see. I mean, is that radical? Um, is that sensible? Could you do it? And how's it going to make you feel after the break? This is Life Links with a DL Link. So the world is changing. The world is evolving. Um, you know, we're meat eaters, especially here in South Africa. We love our brise. We love our uh, pup and meat. Uh, that's what we do. We eat lots of meat. But as I said, there's an evolution and there's a revolution happening. People are becoming a lot more aware of um, eating less meat. And so you have vegetarians. And now you're having the rise of the vegans um, where there is no animal product in their diet whatsoever. Ever. Celebs around the world, the Ellen DeGeneres, the Stella McCartney's, the Liam Hemsworths, they are vegans. And, and I, what I do find very interesting is that there's this whole stereotype around vegans. Like, oh no, you're a, you're a bunny hugger. Like, we almost can't take you seriously because you, you hug bunnies and trees and what is it? And what does it say about us? And what are we not wanting to face? And what are we not wanting to talk about? This meat industry. Um, we're not going to be basing the show on the meat industry and why it's bad to eat meat, but rather what are the benefits of looking at a plant-based diet? Incidentally, I've got a great quote by Ellen Page, a famous actress, and she said, why are vegans made fun of, fun of while the inhumane factory farming process regards animals and the natural world merely as commodities to be exploited for profit? Just thought I'd put that one out there just to put a cat amongst the pigeons, so to speak. So I have Dr. Paul Palmer on the line, not to be controversial in any way or form. Uh, Dr. Palmer is a chiropractor. He's a plant-based nutrition expert and, in fact, is head of health and nutrition uh, when it comes to the Vegan Society of South Africa. Paul, welcome. Lovely to have you on the show. Yeah, hi, how's it going, everybody? Listen, very, very good. Um, I've got a fabulous cookbook, a vegan cookbook in front of me. I went along to a restaurant the other night and just ate a vegan diet. It was delicious. Um, and we're looking at why are more and more people going that route and what are the benefits of eating plant-based food? Yeah, well, is that is that the question? What are the benefits? Yeah. Because they, they are numerous. They are numerous because... The, the way that I, I like to look at it, and I've been listening to most of the show before I came on, was to look at going less processed with the food. Okay. okay. But then if we look at it, you've got then two choices in the basket. Then if you're not going to go for processed food, you've got then a choice between your whole food, plant foods, 
and then your animal foods. And then what I generally do is to look at things quite logically and quite mechanistically. And then you're looking and saying, well, what are we chasing from each of these foods? What is in each kind of food that we're looking for? And most people, when you're chasing your, your animal pro, uh, foods, you're chasing protein and iron right. are the usual ones. Right. But now there's a problem because the iron in animal foods can't be regulated as well as the iron in plant foods. And the protein in animal foods is actually acidifying to the body because of the ratio of amino acids. And if you look at things like fiber, beta carotene, vitamin C, vitamin E, folate, magnesium, iron, I can go on. If you compare a veg blend, which is a blend of, say, veggies and, um, you know, lima beans, peas, legumes, etc., versus a meat blend, there's way more. In fact, in most of those cases, there's no fiber, no beta carotene, no vitamin C in the meat blend. So all of the nutrients and the minerals that you're actually chasing come originally from the plants anyway, mm-hmm. if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Most of your, especially proteins, amino acids, come from plants. The only reason animals have amino acids in them is because they ate the plants. You see what I mean? And if it's a predator, then the predator ate the herbivore that ate the plants. Mm-hmm. Plants are the only things on earth that can actually create these amino acids. So as you can see, we can basically, like Dr. Grego, one of, um, one of my mentors, would say, you know, it's cut out the middle cow. We don't have to chase our nutrients <laughs> by first eating the animals. And in that way, it's just a lot more ethical. So that's where the environmental benefits come and then also the ethical benefits along with the health benefits. Okay, so I, I like that. I mean, so you heard what we were saying um, with Laura about the consciousness holding the food and going, so like, what am I going to get out of this food? Um, and as you've said, people will look at protein and now we talk about lean protein. So yeah. um, if I can, can I get the protein out of the lean protein? You say that the uh, animal protein is acidifying for the body. So where yeah, would one, where would one get um, uh, protein from, um, from plant-based foods? Where, where's well, protein? Well, if you, if, yeah. I, it's a good question. It's a good question. It's a good question. The the main, the higher protein foods are obviously your legumes, your beans, your lentils, your chickpeas, those kind of things. But all plant foods do have protein in them. So as long as you're eating enough calories, you are getting enough protein. We have this belief, you know, that, you know, you can get protein deficient without actually eating nothing. You see what I mean? If as long as you're eating enough calories for the day, you are getting enough protein. It actually doesn't matter what you're eating. I don't understand that. Sorry, Paul, I don't understand that. If you're eating something that doesn't have protein, how are you getting enough protein? Now, how do you mean? I said that all all plant foods have protein. That's what I said. Okay. All plant foods have protein in them. Right. You see, even a banana has about ten percent protein. Okay. In it. Okay. You see, so as long as you're eating enough food, even if it's you know, even if you just eat fruits the whole day, you're not going to be protein deficient. Okay. You see, and this is a myth that's been, you know, peddled saying that just eating vegetables, you're going to be have a deficient protein, which is not the case. And in fact, the excess protein we have in the diet is actually causing a lot of our diseases, driving up acidity, causing a lot of cancer tumor growth, etc. And these can be actually proven in research studies. Fascinating. So, I mean, I'm just trying to look at, because I'm a vegetarian and I know that I have problems with my iron. Um, and I know that if I eat certain foods, um, yes. then it's going to help me with my iron. So the next question is this. We all, we're different, right? We all have very different bodies, different makeups. The, the, you, you know, yes. absolutely. And, uh, so we, some of us more eat more protein, some more carbs, insulin resistance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now I've been told to eat a lot of spinach and you know, Paul, I don't like spinach. When I eat it, it tastes bitter in my mouth. And I've never liked spinach, and I've always loved meat, and here I am, a vegetarian. So for someone who didn't have the leaning, does that mean spinach is not good for me? And do I have to have spinach to get the iron? 
No, no. You can then go for something more on your legume side. And that's why legumes, the main thing where I focus on is you need to eat your fruits, your veggies, your legumes, and your whole grains. Uh-huh. Okay? And then a handful of nuts, seeds on the side, spices, etc. But it's your legume group which gives you the actual heartiness of the meal. When you're looking right. at your lentils, chickpeas, beans, etc. And you can make a nice, you know, bean casserole. You know, can make a curry. You can make, you know, even like a chili, put it into like a wrap. You see, there's a lot you can do with it, and it's, it's got that kind of meat kind of mindset behind it if you do it with like a tomato-based sauce. So, so then you don't have to chase the greens. However, they are very good for you. But then you can try something else. Like maybe you're a broccoli fan instead of a, a spinach fan. Yes. You see what I mean? Maybe yeah. you prefer kale. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of different tastes also between the veggies, which you've got variety. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll, I'm going to definitely do that. Um, yeah, Laura yeah. spoke about it was a lovely analogy with the apple, and that if you eat the apple, it's absolutely perfect. But as soon as you start peeling it and you start liquidizing it, etc., etc., it breaks down. So let's look at um, if you're looking at plant-based food, you're saying that in the in these foods we have absolutely everything we need. What's going to happen when we start turning it into curries and stews and cooking it and heating it? Um, do, do, so I mean, you're advocating it obviously, um, but how does that change the, the, the type of nutrition we're going to get out of the food? All right. Can you just maybe just summarize the lines? Not perfect. Oh, so, sorry, Paul. I know the. Apologies. Apologies. I know the line's no not problem. okay. When we cook these vegetables, the, the, the plant based food, um, it, it does it, is it going to be breaking down the type of nutrition we need? Because. Oh, perfect. You know I what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes, okay. yes I, go, I get what you're saying. Yes. And actually, not. They've actually found that sometimes cooking the vegetables actually enhances the absorbability because. If you remember, all plants have cell walls. That's the fiber in it. Right. And sometimes that fiber is not actually digest. You can't digest through it. So some of the nutrition is not got to. So in some instances, it actually improves the availability of the nutrients by cooking them. You know? Okay. So that's why I say we don't even have to go into that too much as long as you're getting enough fruits and veggies in the diet. Because, I mean, we had a great nutrition evening hosted by another great organization called ProVeg at UCT um, a couple of weeks ago. And all of the the medical experts on the panel were just agreeing that we shouldn't over over complicate this. Okay. You know, we should simplify it. As okay. long as you're getting the, you know, up your fruits and veggie intake with your beans and, you know, the legume side of things and just start decreasing the animal products. That, that's a lot of people I'd say you can't disagree with eating more fruits and veggie. Mm-hmm. So that's basically where we're standing. It's like mm-hmm. eat more of those things, eat less of these animal foods. It, it does help the environment. And if you want it every now and again, you could probably get away with it. But we have to be going in that direction. Okay. You know, we can't be fooling ourselves thinking that eating a lot of animal products, majority of the diet is going to be healthy. Because unfortunately, it's not. It's full of trans fat, saturated fat, cholesterol, acidifying protein. You know, there's a lot of other things in there. Like, you know, the sex hormones, the antibiotics, the steroids. You know, there's a lot of other things that come in with the protein that we chase. So you've also got to look at food as a package deal. You can't just say, I'm just going for protein. But what, what does that protein come with? Mm. Is it coming with saturated fat? Is it coming with cholesterol? Is it coming with trans fat and all the other things? And if so, is it a wise choice? Or is it better to go with the protein that's coming with antioxidants and fiber and vitamin C? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's what we've got to start doing is not isolating components of food, but looking at the food group and saying which is smarter to choose from and then we just do the 80-20 rule. Because mm. we're still human. You know, it's not I mean, not to say we're just going to be eating like celery sticks and hummus. That's not what it's about. That's right. not healthy anyway. Right. Just to do that, you've right. got to be well-rounded. Right, absolutely. And I love what you said about simplify it. Let's not get uh, too stuck yes. on how you cook yeah. this and how you shouldn't yeah. just 
Up, up exactly. the intake, yeah. up the intake is what you're saying. Yeah, up the intake of fruits and veg. And okay. that's the only thing people walk away from from here. I mean, no one can dispute that. And that's what we're actually saying. I think, you know, vegans often get this demonized thing because we come across sometimes a little bit too forceful. But at the end of the day, it's a very peaceful message just saying this can be beneficial for your health, can be beneficial for the environment. And obviously, it's, it's more ethical. And some would say if you're not getting something just to get your own consumption done, you know, so that, that's what it should be about. Just aiming at the evidence, pointing to the facts, and then not throwing opinions in with it, just sticking to what the science is saying. Fabulous, fabulous. Paul, thank you very much for joining us. Great having you on the show. Oh, no. Thank you. Take Enjoy care. Thank you. Bye bye. Yes, yes. Dr. Bye-bye. Paul Palmer. Um, so he's a chiropractor and a plant based nutrition expert. And you know, we're giving you a lot of information today. Some people saying low carbs. Um, Paul's talking about product, uh, uh, plant products. And I, I really think it's taking time and sitting and being mindful and being conscious. What kind of energy do you want? What kind of um, a, a flexible body do you want? What kind of clear thinking mind do you want? And once you're clear on that, you're going to be giving yourself the type of food that's going to support the lifestyle or what you want. Um, I love the intake, the increasing the intake of the fruit and the vegetables and making those kind of healthy choices, being conscious, being aware. This is your body. This is your life. Look after your temple. So just when you're thinking, well, if I do have to look at a plant-based diet, does that mean my food's going to be boring and horrible? Well, not at all. I have Lizette Roeder um, on the line. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, she's the campaign manager for the Humane Society um, and she has written a book, a, a recipe book. Um, it's called the South African Vegan Cookbook. Um, and I've gone through it and I've got to tell you, it looks absolutely delicious. So I have been a vegetarian for many, many years, but I'm still very much attached to my cheeses and, um, you know, free my free-range eggs, I do still have that um, because I, I think that that's the meal. But when I'm paging through this particular cookbook and I'm looking at some of these recipes, they look absolutely glorious. So I have, I'm hoping that Lizette is on the line. Lizette, are you there? Yes, I am. Welcome, I welcome, am. <laughs> welcome. Lizette, how do I pronounce your surname? It's Rueda. Rueda. I'm Afrikaans girl. Fantastic, yes. Lizette. Listen, so you are a vegan um, and you have um, you have put this delicious looking recipe book together, the South African Vegan Cookbook. What was the what was the whole idea behind putting this book together? Well, you know what? I've been vegan for about five years now and I absolutely love cooking. But I found that all of the vegan cookbooks that I could lay my hands on had ingredients that weren't accessible to me. Right. And also, it didn't have the recipes that would relate to me and my family and my friends. So I decided to veganize some of my favorite recipes using South African ingredients. Um, and then I just started making more and more recipes and eventually decided that look, there's a gap in the market for a South African vegan cookbook. Mm. And so I decided to bring one out. Mm. I think it's such a good idea because so often you look at a cookbook and you look at some of those ingredients and it's, you just put off because you don't have them. Now, I want to I want to just for our listeners, we, we talk about, um, you know, if you're a vegan, could you could where, where 
where how exciting can the food be? And I've just opened the page on vegan chocolate mousse because we forget that almond milk can be used and that coconut milk can be used. And then you can have wonderfully delicious products that you've used cacao powder, um, that you've even used a ripe avocado going into this chocolate mousse. And we know that cacao is good for you. We know that almonds are good for you. We know that avocados are so good for you. So you're still able to have your treats, um, Lizette, but it's a, it's a very healthy treat. Yes, exactly. So a lot of people ask me when, when they ask me about veganism, ask me whether going vegan is healthy and whether you lose weight. And you can if you eat a well-balanced diet. Obviously, things like slut chips and Oreos are also vegan. So if you fill up your diet with those, you're not going to be a healthy um, vegan. But my cookbook has a variety of fresh ingredients um, that we've manipulated in a way to create tasty, delicious, and nutritious food. It's all about playing in the kitchen and using the, the ingredients that you have in your fridge and your pantry um, to create dishes that doesn't only taste great, but that's also good for you. Mm. These recipes are, are fantastic. What would you say is your favorite dish? Oh, one of my favorite recipes is definitely the Vietnamese rainbow rolls with a peanut satay sauce. I'm a sucker for peanut butter. And it just combines all of the the sweet and the sour, the saltiness, and a little bit of spiciness all together into one beautiful meal. It is as bright as a rainbow, and it's a great dish to put forward for friends and family as well. It looks delicious. I'm looking at it right now. Um, Also, when people are thinking about cheeses, what what does a vegan do for cheese? So there's a variety of cheeses available, either made from coconut oil or from um, nuts. You can make your own cheese at home by soaking your nuts and um, blending them, processing them with different flavors, and then using a cheesecloth to press it all together. Or you can buy nut cheeses and coconut oil-based cheeses in your local retail stores right now. Because mm-hmm, I'm looking at your cheesy nachos, and it looks like there's cheese on, but I know that it's not. Yes, it's vegan cheese. Or you can make a delicious vegan sauce, a cheese sauce. There's a variety of recipes available um, using oil or not oil um, to create things like enchiladas and lasagna. I've got to tell you, Lizette, I have been, as I've announced, I've been a vegetarian for many, many years. Veganism is something I've thought about because, as I said, I love my cheeses too much. But I'm going to make Mm -hmm. a commitment that I'm going to make my way very slowly through this exquisite and delicious looking uh, book. um, And I'm going to see if it's something that I can do on a regular basis. I'm prepared to give it a try. Yes, that's the whole point with the, the cookbook. And it's not just for vegans, but it's for meat eaters and vegetarians that want to eat a little bit more vegan or a little bit more plant-based. So maybe they want to try um, Green Monday and eat plant-based every Monday. Right. Or maybe they want to do um, a vegan challenge like ProVeg hosted in October this year um, to just try and include more plant-based dishes into their lifestyle um, and just meet themselves where they are at on the journey of eating more plant-based food. Fantastic. Lizette, thank you so much. Thanks for putting this great book together. It's for South Africans with all South African ingredients. As you said, for everyone, it's a healthier way of eating. Lizette Ruder, thank you very much. Is it available in the stores, the bookstores at the moment? 
Yes, it's at all the local uh, bookstores and also on some of the online stores. Marvellous, marvellous. The South African Vegan Cookbook. Thank you so much, Lizette. Take care. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Bye-bye. Really extraordinary recipes, delicious recipes. We've had experts on the on the show today talking about the importance of good nutrition. Um, and if it's something that you want to start have a look at the book. See, I, I'm certainly going to see what I can what I can make in terms of plant-based food. We're going to take a very quick break, and then we're talking Jerusalem Marathon. There are people running the, in the streets of Joburg as we speak and getting ready. They're not doing it on their own. They're doing it with a mentor, a health mentor, a workout mentor, and we're going to be talking to him in a moment. Stay with us. If you are in business and you would like to support the DL Link, consider advertising or sponsoring the show. Welcome back to the DL Link Show, where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. I really hope that you have um, thought, um, had time to think about your body and nutrition and the choices that you're making all the time. Um, and the DL Link always gives opportunities for you to be healthy, to have fun, to be inspired, to be inspiring, and to give back all at the same time. So that's happening. I mean, the, the Jerusalem Marathon is the perfect opportunity for you to have and experience all of that happening next year um, and a whole lot of people who are going to be going along with the DL Link, part of the team going along to the marathon um, next year have already started training um, and they've got someone very special on board who's taking these people every day on the streets of Joburg um, and he's no nonsense. Um, Samson Tevez, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me here. So Samson, you are you were born in Kenya. Yeah, yes. You're I'm a marathon Kenya. runner. Yep. I mean, I'm looking at you. You're the epitome of good health. You are glowing. You are fit. And with our guests, every time our guests were talking about certain lifestyle choices and food, you were nodding yes. your head. Right? Yes. yes. So, so have you always been? You've, you've been running marathons for what, many years? Yeah, I started when I was 12. 12? Yeah. So, My goodness. Yeah. After disappointment, and, but I kept on pushing up to, yep. Yeah, so it's a part of my life and something I love doing and enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and eating healthily, was that always a part of it as well to yes. complement the, the running? Yeah, nutrition is very important. Uh, running and nutrition, it, they go together. You know, you can't eat wrong, then you expect to, you have to be disciplined. You have to know what to eat, uh, which time. Because you, you like you can't eat ten minutes before the training. You know uh-huh. you have to eat like two hours or one hour and a half before your training. So nutrition is very important in your training because that's where you get your energy. That's where you get uh, because when you run, you turn your muscle. You need to rebuild your muscle. Sure. But it, yeah, it, it depends with how you eat. Which sure. is very important. Yep. So Samson, how did you? What's your connection with the DL Link? So Dead Link, we met last year in August and. Um, you know, we, it was amazing how we met because, yeah, um, yeah when I came here, I was, because I, I love training and uh, when I see people, fit training kids and different people, I feel, I feel nice. So like me meeting uh, Dear Link was, I was training kids um, right. yeah, in the park. So one day uh, there were not, there's a, a newspaper called Northeastern Tribune. So they saw me in the park training and... Uh, they approached me, so and I had uh, uh, I had um, a friend of mine. Her name is Janet. So she used to do ballet and everything. So she's the 
when I came, she was the f- first person I knew. Yes. So they approached me. That um, they asked me if uh, we can do uh, some uh, interview with them because they were attracted to what I was doing. Right. So we booked an appointment. Then um, we had an interview. So after a few weeks, um, I was in the newspaper. So that's where it all started. So she my, was. yeah. Yes. So this, so this wonderful connection, this wonderful way of meeting. Yes. yes. And now you're yeah. helping people um, become passionate about running. Yeah. Um, and going and fulfilling a dream, going to Jerusalem and fulfilling a dream. Yeah. But you know, Samson, you 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 started running when you were 12. You've been running marathons. Here you're dealing with people, many who have never run before, right? They, yes. they may not be so fit. How are you handling that challenge? So what I always say, if um, if you have a doubt, then it means you have a will. Because, ah, okay. yeah, if you have a doubt, uh, the only thing which is lacking is your the confidence. If you can build confidence, then you can do it. And if you can work also, you can do it. So everything is possible. So you just have to believe and go for it. So the doubt means you, you can do it. Yes, you, you can. can. You yeah, have you the can will. Yes. It's there. You want to do it. Yes. So, so you're helping, you're training um, the DL Link team. Yeah. Physically, and I've got a feeling mentally as well, right? You're getting into their minds, getting yeah, them to believe they can do it. <laughs> because running, it's, uh, I can say, like 70% it's in your mind. Right. Because you have to deal with your mind first. Uh-huh. You have to be courageous to go on the road. So I would say 7% is your, it's from your mind sure. or 50%. Yep. Sure, sure. Yes, yeah. Um, and working with these, all these people who are coming on board, yeah. who are going to be going to Jerusalem next year. Are you going to be going to Jerusalem? Yeah, probably. Oh, Definitely. wow. Be there. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be amazing. Yeah. So we'll have to speak to you again before yes. and after. Yeah. What, what is this experience like for you so far? So for me, it's amazing um, being in people like uh, – Training people that have ne- like they've never ran before, right. and if you see the person running, you know it's a it's a motivation for me, and also it shows that um, everything is possible if uh, you just have to believe and go for it. So for me, it has been a great experience to be with Dear Link, especially to be in the Jewish community. That's a a very great experience for me. Really? Yeah, for me, well, when you look where I come from, uh, Kenya, you know, we, we don't have a uh, Jewish, like, yeah. so for me coming here, it's... A whole different experience for you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing. Mm. I've learned a lot, and apart from training, apart from... Uh, have learned a lot, which Amazing. is very important for me. Amazing, yeah. Samson. So I think that, I think the message is yes. that for people who are listening right now, you're saying you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Yeah, if, if you, you have, have doubt, a dream, if you yeah. have doubt, you, can you do have it. will, you, have you it. can do it. Yes. You just have to build a confidence. And Samson's yeah. going to get you there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so people yeah. can contact the deal link officers and yes. sign up. Yes. How often are they going to be training with you, Samson? No, we train four times. Four times a week? Yeah, four times a week. Okay. Yeah. And so, what time does the training usually So um, during the week, it's uh, from 4.30 to 5.30. Right. Then um, that's uh, Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, which is today, and then Sunday, 7, 7 a.m. Okay. From 7 and you're building them up. So for people yes. who haven't been there since the beginning, it doesn't matter. They'll slot in. No, yeah, you just have to be committed. 
Just committed. Yeah, that's you want the, committed people. Yeah, you have I to be committed. That, that's the most important thing. Thank you so much. Personal yeah. trainer, running coach, yeah. Samson Tevez. Thank you so much. He is leading the deal link. He's going to get you fit. He's going to get you ready for the Jerusalem Marathon. He's going to make you believe you can do it. Um, he says it's 70% in the mind. Your nutritious eating, looking after your body, very important. Yeah. So join Samson and the team, the deal link team. Why don't you give the deal link a call if you want to join it? Um, uh, 0114853269 um, and and you can go to the website, the deal link web- website. The details are going to be there as well. But start signing up for the Jerusalem Marathon now. You want to start setting the goals. You want to be fit. Samson here is going to change your life. Your life will never be the same after this experience. Samson, lovely having you on the show. Thank you All so the much. best. Keep us updated. Thank, thank you. you. And thank, thank you. you for listening. I hope you're motivated. Look after your beautiful bodies. Think about what you're putting into your bodies. Go out, run, be energized, have a great purpose in your life. That's what life is all about. Um, For me, Nikki Seberini, until next week, do take care. Goodbye.